when you invest in your business and that means you're quote unquote successful enough to where you're like, listen, I have to take this time that I once did editing or that I once did creating graphics or I once did doing something as it relates to like, I don't necessarily not enjoy those things, but I need to take that time and put it aside because my time is money. And so I can reallocate my time and say, I'm not spending time editing a podcast. Instead, I'm going to use that time for this. And that time may be spending time with your family, living the life that you choose based on that. But I never, I never heard it said that way to where it's like, hey, you know what else you're actually doing? You're investing in that person's career. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today, we get to speak with my really good friend, Chris Stone. With a 25 plus year of history in music industry with Sony, driven and passionate entrepreneur, Chris Stone founded a podcast and live streaming consultancy, Cast Ahead, after the success of his own co-hosted podcast, Changed His Life. At Cast Ahead, Chris thrives on enabling driven entrepreneurs, influencers, thought leaders, and enterprises to express their story and elevate their reach while extending their efficiency in that process. Chris is also the co-host of Dealcasters, an Amazon live show with Jim Fuse of Fusion Marketing, where they interview experts and entrepreneurs while training Amazon customers how to overcome the fear of technology and start and flourish in their content creator journeys. In just over a year, Dealcasters have established themselves as a trusted authority not only in the live video and podcasting space, but also in the education of the Amazon Influencer Program and the development of influencers already on that platform. Now, they've spoken on stages and virtually at PodFest Expo, VitFest Expo, StreamYard Industry Showcase, Agora Pulse Agency Summit, Midwest Digital Marketing Conference, Social Media Week, and others. After so much amazing work, and following Chris Stone over the past couple of years and, and meeting him through uh, dealcasters and social media marketing world in person, I truly know that this man knows a thing or two about podcasting and live streaming. So let's dig into the episode and jump into the conversation with Chris Stone. Before further ado, welcome back to another episode of Hacks and Hobbies. In this episode, we get to speak with Chris Stone my very good friend from the Dealcasters Live. He's one of the co-hosts, a really good friend of mine. Got to meet him at Social Media Marketing for the first time, but we've been connected for over two years. And every time we see each other, we're smiling like crazy people because we love our energies. We love what we stand for. We love what we do. And I'm so glad, I'm so honored to bring him on the podcast. Chris, welcome to the show. 
Dude, you know I'm honored. You know I'm a huge fan. What the heck took you so long, Janae, to get me on the show? I'm sitting around here doing nothing. I know. And it took this long, but yeah, you're right. I'm a fan of people like yourself that uh, involve themselves in a lot of different things, mm -hmm. right? But still work on those things that are most important to them. If I listed everything that you, that you had going on in your in your life, which mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guessing probably your your family is is paramount because I paramount. see that on social mm -hmm. media. That's part of your, you know, I don't want to say your family's part of your brand. It just is, is who you are. It's yeah. part of your yeah. DNA more, more than anything. But you also have so many things going on. And I, I think immediately I, I connected with you, not just because you had all of these bells and whistles and amazing video tricks that I just, mm -hmm. I had to, I had to learn right away. And my, my reptilian brain was like, I want to do all of those things, <laughs> yeah. but I, I could identify immediately with you. And I think one of the great things about live video that, that we found out over the past year, a couple of years since we've known each other is this is what you get. You know, yeah. the, 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 if you're watching this video or it, maybe you can, it, it translates an audio as well. Mm -hmm. These are the people who we are. This is, we're not, this isn't a put on. Yeah. We, we get a little more amped up maybe because I had two cups of coffee here 20 <laughs> minutes ago. We get a little amped up doing this stuff, but we love doing it and we want to create something great. Not because we want some sort of notoriety, right. but we genuinely like doing this for people. You know, yeah. I mean, Sinead, you have, you've got this home studio mastery and I, I watch these videos and I see these people get better mm -hmm. and that, that has to be so rewarding for you. Just like it is when, when we're doing, uh, you know, deal casters on Amazon, somebody gets to the end of the show and they're like, we're starting our podcast tomorrow. Yeah. I bought my headphones. Those are coming on prime. They're going to be delivered here. I'm starting my podcast tomorrow. We've helped mm -hmm. them with mic technique. We've helped them with lighting. We've helped them with headphones. We've even talked to them about what podcast hosts they, they, they should use based yeah. on their budget. And it, they got through all that stuff and they started their podcast and that to us is really why we're doing it. The, the other stuff that happens is nice, but yeah. you know, I think, yeah. you know, don't tell any, don't tell Amazon, but I think we might do it for free if we no, could. You're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Because when you see that transformation, you see the look on their faces because they're getting to do stuff that they're gonna, they love to do, right? They want to try That's this, it. even if they don't like it, at the end of two weeks, at the end of a month or two months, at least they gave it a try. At least they know what's out there. And you're absolutely right. You know, if you're kind of tired of doing the live stream, if you're kind of tired of doing the podcasting, what in the podcasting are you tired of? Because there are mm. a ton of different things when you're doing a podcasting. Like my favorite part is having conversations. Yeah. I love editing. I ed I've edited audio for decades, but when it came to this, I was like, well, I know I can do it. I could do it really good, but do I really want to spend my time doing that? So I ended mm -hmm. up hiring somebody. And when you hire somebody, don't think of it that you're paying money out. Yes, you are paying money out, but you are also giving somebody else an opportunity to make a living. Uh, an opportunity point. to make a living an opportunity to level up their livelihood. Like my, my editor that's been with me for over two years tells me that my kids are so happy. We have a, you know, great house. So anytime we come on video, she's like, oh, check, check out Mr. Junaid. You know, here he is. He's got a podcast. And <laughs> so it's really amazing to see that. I'm like, whoa, I did that? <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. You know, a, a lot of people don't think about that. Like when mm -hmm. you invest in your business and that means, you know, you're, you, you're quote unquote successful enough to where you're like, listen, I have to take this time that I once did editing or that I yeah. once did creating graphics or I once did, you know, doing something as it relates to like, I don't necessarily not enjoy those things, but mm -hmm. I need to take that time and put it aside because my time is money. And yes. so I can allocate, we can reallocate my time and say, I'm not spending time 
editing a podcast. Yeah. Instead, I'm going to use that time for this. And that time may be spending time with your family, living yeah. the life that Absolutely. you choose mm -hmm. based on that. But I never... I never heard it said that way to where it's like, hey, you know what else you're actually doing? You're investing in that person's career. You're saying, hey, I'm, I'm paying you what you're worth to do this for me. And I hope you get better by doing that because mm -hmm. you're giving them sort of a, a sandbox to play in. I think, yes. you know, and, and so their resume gets built up, right? Because they're mm -hmm. doing the Hacks and Hobbies podcast from Janaid yeah. Ahmed. So, yeah. I mean, they immediately shot uh, all the way to the top, That's I'm right. sure, and got all kinds of more business mm -hmm. for you. But I think it's important to think about it that way too. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a go giver mentality right there is not just, Absolutely. Hey, I want to invest in my business. So I'm going to hire somebody to do something. Mm -hmm. You're saying I'm giving that person a better career yeah. and I want to make that person better. Right. And so Absolutely. I do the same thing with the people that I have on, on my staff is, you know, that's really, you know, for years, I had been, you know, at a manager level uh, for Sony. And one of the things I loved doing was manage other people to success mm -hmm. is to kind of look at, you know, not just celebrate the things that they did really well and kind of help them do that, but like look for opportunities for them to grow, talk about what they wanted to do in the careers, which uh, by the way, may not have been in the music business, right? Oh, yeah. It could have been something else, right? Mm -hmm. But helping that person get better. And so when I have other people that I'm hired in the business that I'm doing, I love to talk to them about what they want to do and yeah. what they're passionate about. And, and that's the great thing about this podcast and about you is that sometimes I've talked to people and it's like, well, you know, thank you for hiring me to do graphics or social media or mm -hmm video editing and all these, the, the people that I have doing what, uh, you know, uh, which is a part of the business that I have at cast ahead. But like, I'll find out that they really like doing, you know, playing music. Yeah. Oh, really? You're a piano player. Okay, cool. I might be able to connect you with somebody else. Yes. And if you have a podcast, what's an really underrated aspect of a podcast is the ability to network with people. Oh my God. You know, it's unbelievable the amount of people that you can meet because, you know, if you have a podcast, you need to have other people on your podcast. So it's not, yes. you don't necessarily have to pay somebody. In fact, mm -hmm. I've never paid for someone to have, even though Janae, I'm thank you for your $2 million contribution to Chris Donacasta had to be on your, on your podcast, but, yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's a great, it's a great way to meet people and to network Absolutely. and your, your camera to camera, your, the world is flat with the, with zoom and with all StreamYard and all of these great e-cam, everything that you could mm -hmm. do to connect with people on the screen and really be able to identify with those people. And then, and then say, Oh, you play piano. Oh, I know Jill plays piano and she's a singer and yeah. you guys need to connect because I think you would be a great to, and all of a sudden you're creating this network and you never really leave your home. It's crazy. Chris, you're absolutely on point. It, the networking aspect, and it's, done, it's not just networking, it's actually building a relationship because we're dedicating 45 minutes to an hour to have a really deep conversation. And the conversation can go anywhere. And when you start off, when talking to somebody new, it's like, okay, what's the first thing I should ask? Hmm, let's right. get to know them, right? But we've been connected for so long. It's like, I don't even know. I don't even have to use my questions <laughs> to what's, get what's a into question? the conversation, what's, right? So, are we, do we have an agenda? I didn't I didn't see it. You know, that, that's, that, that's the beautiful part of it. It's exactly. Like, uh, exactly. Yeah. So I, I love to start with to especially get to, for my audience, to get to know who I'm talking with. Now, mm. you and I have met, you, you know, we've been, we've known each other for a while, but my audience might not have heard of you yet. So tell us a version of your story that no one's heard of before, or just a little tiny bit of an origin story of where Chris Stone hails mm -hmm. from. 
Oh, okay. Well, I hail from uh, just north of Detroit, Michigan, uh, born and raised. Actually, here's something not many people know. I actually mm-hmm. went to high school with Bobby Ritchie, who's also known mm-hmm. as Kid Rock. So no way. there's something right there that I, I don't think I've ever said on any on any <laughs> podcast. So yes, Bob Ritchie. Um, and back then he was Bobby, but now mm-hmm. he's, you know, Bob. He graduated a year after I did uh, from uh, uh, from high school in Romeo, Michigan, which is north of wow. Detroit, and so I uh, I grew up a, a huge music fan. Music has always been a part of my life. It is it is intrinsic in me. It's part of my DNA. My dad was a was a trumpet player. He played in big bands and did mm-hmm. uh, did tours, and uh, was just you know there was always music in my house. Whether it was Glenn Miller or Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass or mm-hmm. you know Kenny Rogers, didn't matter. There was always music and I always had an appreciation for various kinds of music, uh, but really sort of fell in love with playing more rock oriented, alternative oriented and jazz music. And so uh, Mm -hmm. I really developed an affinity for the bass guitar. And so uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know, every band needs a bass player. You know, you typically you've got a guitar player, you've got a drummer and you've got a singer and it's just sort of yeah. like, you know, everybody needs a bass player. So it was mm-hmm. an easy, easy way to sort of get in and get in that sandbox. Like we told, like we talked about Yeah. and, and start to get your reps in, start to get better at what you're doing. And so I, uh, I originally wanted to be a computer science uh, major. So started there in, in Michigan and decided in my second semester, I stood up in a class and realized this was not for me. Right. I wasn't passionate about programming anymore. And what I was passionate about was music. And the thing about me is that any band that I've ever been in, uh, I may have been involved in the writing process, Mm -hmm. but I was the only one who did the business. So when it came to booking the gigs, doing the flyers, Mm -hmm. contacting college radio stations for interviews, all of the things that you do from a DIY promotional aspect for your band, I was doing. And I loved doing it and I got pretty good at it. And so I started to do that more and more. And so I said, you know what? I am going, I want to do this. I want to play music, but I also want to learn the business. And I went to Belmont University in Nashville and uh, decided I would get a music business degree and at the same time be in sort of the epicenter of Music City, right? Even though I was not a fan of country or playing country music or Mm -hmm. which Nashville's known for. And the other kind of music Nashville's known for is contemporary Christian music, which Mm -hmm. I was not really a fan of either. But I said, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do this. There's got to be some sort of other scenes going on. Sure enough, there was. And, you know, I, I went to I went to Belmont to study music business. And at the same time, I was able to be in bands. One band I was in actually recorded our entire album at the on the campus in that studio and put out an album. I've been I was in other bands as well. But eventually sort of that that dream of, you know, uh, know, even though we were sniffed by major record labels and all those Mm -hmm. other things, they just were it was like. I needed to grow up. I developed this, I, I got this job uh, for Sony right out of college. Yeah. I had interned f- uh, for them for two years. Right out of college, I started with Sony Music and quickly started to you know escalate in that company. And you just get to the point where it's like, I got a wife, I got kids, it's time to cut my hair you know, cut these bands that are just kind of like dragging me down, moved to Atlanta mm-hmm. and uh, started as a branch manager for uh, for Sony covering the southeast, eventually the uh, entire second you know, like east uh, eastern half of the United mm-hmm. States for Sony and did that for 27 years. Holy smokes. So this was this was before before there was such a thing as digital music. I started before there. Before Napster, but, before before iTunes. yes, mm-hmm. so one other p- component of my story that was a real sort of pivot for me and why I decided to really focus in on digital uh, and digital music was, you know, we had heard about M- MP3s and MP3.com and what yeah. that was originally. What it was originally was people were taking MP4s or MOV files and they were just ripping the audio from mm-hmm. them. And then there was all kinds of file sharing going on and, you know, whether it was trading hard drives 
drives or swapping files there or via Napster, it was happening. So very early in the process, I started tinkering with it because I needed to know what was going on. And yeah. you know, I worked yeah. for you know the, the second biggest music company in the world. And so I had it all on my computer at the time. And I, I remember taking my computer and walking into my EVP's office and setting mm -hmm. it on his desk and yeah. opening it up. And I said, this is coming. And if we don't do something about it, then it's just going to, I don't know, I don't know what it could do, but it's not good. Right. Right. Yeah. And I remember him being more upset at me for putting something like that, that was piracy on, on Sony owned company computer, uh, yeah. a company equipment then the actual like okay stop do worrying about that yeah. do you not see what's happening this is this is happening everywhere and of course all the other things like oh well it's a you know this doesn't sound as good as the real thing and people want to look at liner notes and all of those things that are like obviously now that's not what the, the kids at the time they didn't care about it didn't care they about just it, wanted no. the entire catalog from metallica or whatever it was mm -hmm. and so that's when i said you know what I said, put me on every single task force that you have for digital. And if there isn't, I want to, I want to head it up. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, we could do that. And so that's when I, I went full force into, into that, made the transition to manage the mobile business, mm -hmm. which at the time was ringtones. If you remember that, like you I would buy a phone, yes. <laughs> yes, you would pay $2 and 49 cents yeah. uh, for a 30 second snippet, because that's really the only thing you could do with your phone. And like, mm -hmm. look, it's ACDC back in black when somebody calls me. <laughs> and so, you know, I, so I jumped from one sinking ship with the physical uh, product onto another sinking ship, which was ringtones. Yeah. But, and I quickly said, you know what? Streaming is starting to become a thing. Spotify was launching in other countries, hadn't mm -hmm. made its way to the U.S. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of that going on. And so, of course, I transitioned into that and uh, eventually became the basically the the Sony digital person that was the day to day person for Spotify. And so wow. that really became my thing. But knowing all along, you know, because the music business had gone down significantly, there really was not, I mean, I was the only person that wasn't either in New York or LA or Nashville. And I, so I knew at some point, you know, cause they were, they were, you know, offering me all kinds of things to move to New York. But yeah. the, the two things that I find that are most important to me is, is being a father and being a husband. Yeah. And if I moved myself and my family to LA or to New York to work at a job, then I was not being the best husband and father right. uh, that I could be. I knew, I knew I would be working more hours. I knew it would be more stress. I knew mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to go to the soccer matches. I wouldn't be able to go to the plays. I wouldn't be right. able to go to those things that are important as a father to show up for and as a husband. And so I developed this business, Cast Ahead, because I had worked with musicians all my life to develop their how they look and sound mm -hmm. and podcasting and live streaming is a way uh, that content creators doesn't matter if you're doing music it doesn't or or underwater basket weaving yeah you if you want to show i know how to make a show for you and if you don't want to know how the show is made then i'm perfect for you because that's what i do for you yeah because you don't have to yeah you don't have to worry about it. you just show up yep. say your piece exactly and say adios and Next day, next thing you know, you're you're making millions on podcast downloads. You know, that's what you yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, most people don't. They don't want to know with how the sausage is made. They just no. see something and they go, "I want that." I want that. And so we do our best to to make that. But I think everyone is is individual, right? Yeah. So it's if someone someone sees Junaid Ahmed's studio and they go, "I want that," it's like, okay, well, Junaid's taken. Right. Let's let's work on you. Let's work on yes. uh, let's work on what you uh, want to look like and what you want to sound. And I think once people go that the, that route, then they understand like, well, you know, I saw this 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 woman on YouTube and mm. she does this and she does that. And she does that. I was like, OK, maybe you can be influenced by that person, but don't try to make a Xerox copy of what yeah. she's doing. Because there's only one of her and there's yes. only one of you. So why why you know, why try to be somebody else when you can be yourself? hundred percent. I love that journey, that story, because, and I can see all of the, the steps and you just keep climbing each step and it's basically taken to your path. Like, you know, you're, you're learning, 
you're looking what's coming ahead and, and with Web 3.0, and we all heard yeah. what this is at social media marketing world, like Web 3.0, NFT, all of that stuff that's coming now, it's still a little early. It's not too late. It's People say it's too late. No, it's still early, mm. right? You can still get in now and, and understand what this technology is going to do for us. So mm. thank you so much, man. I love that. Yeah, of course. And I mean, as you're going through that, you're also talking about your motivations on why you keep doing these things, telling people don't do that because it's making you miserable. How about we help you along the way? How about you do what you love to do? Mm -hmm. And there's so many examples of people that are doing the love, the things that they're doing. They just continue to do that one thing and then they're documenting it along the way. Yes. Yeah. I think when it comes to you know, someone developing a show, I think you, and, and I know this sounds like, you know, trite, it's been used a million times, mm -hmm. but you have to understand what, what the purpose is yes. and really understand what that is. And so, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to somebody and they're a particular company and it, it doesn't matter what company it is. It could be pest control. It could mm -hmm. be anything. And if the purpose of what this is, is to generate more income for their business, which is a totally viable reason for doing a podcast, you want to generate money, you know, and doing a podcast can yeah. be a way to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't like podcasting, you still can create a show that yes. isn't necessarily about pest control. It isn't necessarily about whatever your particular business is, because when you create a show that you're passionate about, it gets mm -hmm. you out there. It gets you in 90 countries. It gets you on all the tubes. Exactly. You're going to be, you know, and if you create a show that you're passionate about, you're going to create a tribe of people that will listen to you and follow you. And yes. if you happen to be a pest control person who has a podcast, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. And that's a really good differentiator for yes. you that not many people in that business have. And I think that's another way of kind of flipping it on people because they mm -hmm. say, well, I'm this, so how can I have a podcast about this? You don't yeah. necessarily have to have a podcast about that business you want to create attention right. for. So I think that's exactly. the other thing that people get twisted is, you know, start where your purpose is, start where what you want to do, identify who those people are that you're that you want to like, you, you know, if, if you're in, I keep on using pest control. I have no idea why I came <laughs> up with that, Janae. But well, like, it is springtime yeah. and my wife just hired, yes. you know, <laughs> pest control. <laughs> I just killed a bunch of ants in my, yeah, in my kitchen, by the way. <laughs> um, maybe that's, that's why that's just sort of like in the back of my mind. But, uh -huh. you know, I think, you know, if, if you, like there's this avatar, right? Or your ideal listener, your ideal customer, the person that you would hope is buying your, you know, whatever you're doing. If it's, uh, I, I got to think of something besides pest control, but whoever your ideal customer is, <laughs> yes, plumbing. Thank you. So, you know, you, you are catering to that, that demo and then niche it down, niche it down, niche it down, niche it down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're creating, I mean, look, uh, Roger Wakefield is a perfect example, right? Uh, met him at uh, social media marketing world. Everybody mm -hmm. knows who he is, right? Yes. But what a differentiator that that is for him. And there's a ton of people that are in plumbing mm -hmm. that wished they had done that. Yeah. They had wished that they had done that. They wished that they had, how many ideas did you have along the way of doing a particular business and then you didn't pursue it. It was just some idea that you kind of talked about maybe. And then all of a sudden years later, somebody has that idea mm -hmm. and it's a million dollar idea. And you're like, you know, I had that idea. You know what? You didn't do anything with it. Yeah. No, you didn't do anything about it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's really where I start with a lot of people is like, I want to inspire them to do something. And by the time I get done with my 30 minute consultation call or one hour consultation call or whatever, they may, it may get the, like, they may be more confused than when they first called me, but I yes. think it's okay because I think yes. a lot of times they think that they need to do something and I tell them, no, 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 no. You're going, you're going the wrong way. You need to take about a left it, yeah. at Albuquerque. And, um, this is what I, where I think you, and, and there's been a few that have come back and said, 
I have another idea. Mm -hmm. You made me think about this. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing this show and doing this and doing this. And I'll be like that. If, if are you, is that, that something sense. you're going to be happy about doing? Yeah. yeah. Or is that going to be, is that a passion project for you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, now, now you got something you could, you could work with and try to figure out how you could still achieve those, the, the purpose that you had, uh, that you originally wanted to accomplish. And I love that because what you're saying here is figure out what's going to be really, what's going to make you really excited. Yeah. What's going to make you really happy and then work on that aspect of it. And I've gone through and, and it doesn't have to be the same thing for the rest of your life. No way. You can change right. because human yes. beings change all the time. I was a beekeeper. I'm still a beekeeper, but not as involved. Mm -hmm. I was a cyclist for a few years, not as involved because more of a parent spending a lot of time. And now I'm building home studios because it's something that I can help others, you know, create a space for themselves to reduce that friction, to be able to create content for their businesses, for their own sanity. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 It's like, um, I equate it to a shark, right? Mm -hmm. The shark is always doing this, right? Always moving forward, but not yes. a straight line, not a, right? That's yeah. like, if you think like that and you say, because, um, I understand that, you know, you know, for me, I have to involve myself in a number of things because I, it's just the way I am and other people yeah. are not that way. And I, I, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if I stop something, I'm not moving forward anymore. I'm yeah. moving backward. And by you saying what you said about, you know, beekeeping and cycling and now where you're at with that, I, you're still moving forward. Still moving forward. You know, yeah. you're taking, there are experiences that you've had all along the way that even prior to beekeeping, prior mm -hmm. to cycling, prior to, to, you know, all of those things that you've had that got you to this point that you're yeah. using, you don't even realize it. You have no, like your mentality and how to help people. It, it, some of it's innate, I believe, yeah. but it's also because you've surrounded yourself with other people that help sort of, you know, sharpen your irons. You have a desire to do those things, but where did that come from? Yeah. And where did that come from? And so like, you, you might not even know, like, I mean, there's a lot of things that I probably am using in, in my video editing that have, has something to do with my ability to sit down and play bass guitar over the years and, yes. and maybe music theory and all of those things kind of molded me to, to be where I'm at right now. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop doing this or I might right. want to do something else that I'm, and that I'm super passionate about, um, yeah. whether it's, you know, I might, I might become a beekeeper. Actually, I don't, I'm, I'm petrified of bees. <laughs> petrified so. of bees, yes. Yeah. No, man, you're 100% right. And, and that's, that's the beauty of the era that we're living in. We're able mm. to switch gears. We're able to get into something. And within a month, within 30 days, you have a really good, good understanding of where you want to head out to. And you could probably hear the door being knocked down <laughs> yet again. The other thing I, I, I wanted to, to touch on too is, is, you know, kind of back to the shark analogy and kind of back to what you're, what you're talking about and moving around and doing multiple things. And, you know, you're touching on here and, and all of the, the things that we have at our disposal that we, that I didn't have when I was 15 years old and trying to learn how to play bass, I had to go to a, an instructor physically in a music store and sit down and learn how to play whatever song I wanted to learn, um, you know, and, and so it was, it's different now, right? So now uh, at your disposal is computer software that you can use that helps you that is free. And uh, YouTube is just a massive, massive, massive way to learn things for free. And then if you do want to invest in, in how to do that, it, it's just a, it, an additional thing that you can do to even level up higher. But what's, what's really important if you want to do a lot of different things is to not, is to put in the work. 
And, you know, um, Jim Fuse and myself, we, we do a show on Amazon called Dealcasters. And uh, we, we go live every so often, but we also do things like product videos. We take our content like, like you do, Janae, and repurpose it into a podcast. And we've gotten a lot of opportunities to speak at different events. And, you know, people will look at what we're doing and they'll say we're quote unquote experts. I don't love hearing that. Honestly, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm flattered to a bit, but it's like, listen, we're not experts because it, I mean, the true experts are the people that work for Amazon, right? Yeah, we just yeah. are, we feel like we're pretty good detectives. Like we can, we, we take apart the entire site and everything that we're doing and we study it and we analyze it and we test and we do things all the time. And then when we, when we get a new piece of gear in and just like you, Janine, it's like, we're testing it out. I'm going to see how, well, yeah. if I have it going through my switcher and I'm pulling it in this software and I'm doing this, all of these things that we're doing, we love to do, we're passionate about doing it, but also like we are actually putting in the work to get to that spot. So it's really important, I think, um, and never should be an afterthought. Like if you're thinking about doing something and you're investigating, nobody gets better by watching a YouTube video about it. It's good that you're getting that information. The only way to get better is to do it and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. It is it, it's the most important thing because yeah. now you're I mean, you've got 300 and something episodes of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Is that yep. right? Something around. OK. There. The, the way you get to that to to this point um, in is to do it that many times and more yes. and to have the desire to get better every time you do it. Now, not every show is going to be a you know, he's going to be a winner. This is this. Yeah. We all know that, you know, and not every show is going to be for everyone. That's mm -hmm. the other thing as a content creator. Like some people, they're not into me. That's OK. Right. That's totally fine. Yeah. You know, they're not into you. They're not into, you know, we're, we've got people that they're like, I have I had no understand why. How does how do people like that guy, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever? It's just that's the way it is. But yeah, it's the only way to do it is to keep going and moving forward like that shark and continue to do is and do more and more of it, especially if you love it. So Man, I couldn't have said it any better. That was just beautiful because keep moving forward, but you can't move forward till you get started. So get started and then keep moving yep. forward. And if you don't like it, guess what? You can, you can take another, you can take another route. Yep. Find people around you to also help motivate and support you. Yes. Because not everybody is an island. No way. We, we want each other. We want to support each other. So if you have any questions around, how do I start a podcast? You got Chris and I and myself to help you. There's a ton of people out there. There's so many people that want to help you. There's YouTube full of it. You know, when you mentioned about how we are living in an era that the knowledge is in on our fingertips. 20 years ago, you'd have to have a computer, you'd have to have a modem, a, a separate phone line in order for you to get online. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think there's a, I right? think you need a modem. I think you need a modem line in that other room. I think I do too. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, well, this is the beauty of it. Like, it, yeah. you know, it, we're, we're so many minutes into a podcast. So mm -hmm. uh, this is the other thing that I've learned as a, as a podcast and video editor. Um, I think, yeah, the first X amount of minutes are important to, yes. to make sure you get, Hey, this is the, you're, we're going to be giving you this. This is what you can expect. And, yeah. you know, and so if people spin off at that point, they're like, this isn't for me. Cool. Yeah. But then get to get to the content, get to the conversation, get to what yes. you're going to talk about. But like if we're 30 minutes in on a, on a, on a podcast and there's a, there's a kid screaming in the other room or a yeah. dog barking That's or your happen. phone going off or any <laughs> of that kind of stuff, you know, I think people are a lot more forgiving. You they know, and this is, but this is mm -hmm. what you get, you know, uh, yeah. we're, we're fathers and that's, uh, that's a part <laughs> of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hold on. You know, this is when I want to build a, uh, an outhouse with my studio <laughs> far away. You have to climb some ladders to get up on the treehouse to get, get to, some sound treatment in there. To get there you go. Treatment. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Uh, but what's, what's beautiful about the time that we're living in is that 
Anybody mm-hmm. and everybody can get on the internet. There's no more friction. Back in the days, you really had to be involved. You really needed to be a tech enthusiast yes. to get into get online and talk to you know your your people. But now, everybody and anybody is getting on, and it's a pretty interesting mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And this is still just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and I think maybe that's why, at least I could speak for myself, maybe that's why I'm willing to put in the work. I mean, I've spent mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours sometimes trying to figure out a piece of gear, whether it's a gimbal or software or like, you know, one of my, one of the things that, and I've, I've, I've since tell, told clients this, yeah. uh, uh, but they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say, um, I need to do this and, and I need this particular software to do this. And I want to be able to have a moderated chat where I pull in this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. And as they're saying it in my mind, I know I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And they say, is this something you could do? And I don't know why, but immediately what comes out of my mouth is yes. <laughs> and yes, so, <laughs> yes, yes I can do that. No, but you're saying yes. yes. <laughs> and then, and then they say, well, how much is it going to cost? And I give them mm-hmm. a price that, yeah. that, and that feels uncomfortable to me. Mm-hmm. And then, because I know I'm going to have to take hours to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. And so, and so, but years and years and years, like you talked about, you know, you dial in with a 56 K baud modem and you have to take over the phone line in your home. And yeah. like all of those things, it was such a pain just yes. to get on a bulletin board system and read like notes that somebody had posted. And now you're getting notifications that mm-hmm. your, your voice activated device gives you and yes. you, like, nobody has to like get out of bed and do some of the things that took us hours to do 10 years Absolutely. ago. And I'm sounding like a, you know, grandpa telling people to get <laughs> off their lawn. But I think that's, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why I'm so willing to put in all of that work is because yeah. I love to take things apart and put them back together to figure out how all of that works. Now, nine times out of 10, there's parts left over, but it still works. So that's yes. okay. Hey, sometimes you're gonna have a screw left behind like uh, um i don't know where that screw goes but you know my phone's still working yeah yeah well so i have a i have a hobby for you janae sure that uh you may not know that um existed it's almost yeah that i have okay Okay. and i told you i was a bass guitar and a musician we're getting right onto that right now Oh, okay. It's just, a, wow. Almost like it was planned. It, it's almost like it was planned. Wow. Who, who, who to know? So, uh, Chris has been so much fun, but mm-hmm. I do, uh, towards the end of the episode, I like to ask these quick web questions that ah, help yes. us get a little bit deeper into the mind of Chris Stone. So what Look is out, the one hobby? Shallow. <laughs> what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? That I wished I got into, yeah. that I did, that I never did. Yeah. I wished I had learned to play the piano early mm. in life because um, then I would know how to read music, and mm. I feel like uh, you know everything that I learned in terms of music was all by ear, and mm. I think that that has there's a talent involved there, um, being able to plug something in, hear what somebody else is playing and know how to, how to play that on your instrument. Yeah. But I also wished I had the sort of, you know, the, the teaching of reading music, which I, I actually learned to do and then forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I had to learn to read music when I went to college. Yeah. Um, so I, I you know, I, I did as much as I could there, uh, in order to, to pass my class. And I was like, this is not something I want to do. <laughs> I am not passionate about this, yeah. but I feel like I would have been a better, uh, musician perhaps, mm. uh, and, uh, you know, better, I don't know. It would have taught me something, that, something I could, that I could, that yeah. I'm doing right here. So, so piano, now you can tell music. me the one hobby that I didn't know. Oh, okay. So I play uh, the world's oldest electronic instrument, and I've also created them and made them myself as well. Have you ever heard of the instrument called the theremin? I have not. Okay. It's the world's oldest electronic instrument, and it was invented by a Russian scientist named Leon Theremin, mm-hmm. who many thought he had dis- he disappeared, uh, and many thought he was a part of the KGB, mm-hmm. although that's 
that's not uh, proven. Fantastic documentary if you ever want to kind of, um, uh, if you're interested in, in the theremin, uh, it's mm -hmm. called Theremin and Electronic Odyssey. But basically it's a box that has, you know, oscillators and tubes and stuff in it. And mm -hmm. it's got one antenna that goes left to right and one that goes uh Touch up and button. down. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's it, the, it, the sound that comes out of it is generated by never touching it. You wave your arms around it. Ooh. And so you control the volume with the, uh, the antenna that goes, uh, left to right. And mm -hmm. then you control the pitch with your other hand that, um, and so the closer that your hand gets to the, uh, antenna, the higher the pitch. Mm -hmm. So if you remember those old sci-fi flicks and you'd hear this, that's what they use. That's a theremin. Aww. That is a theremin. So nice. it doesn't have any frets. It doesn't have any like way for you to say, okay, when I move my hand to this point, that's going to be a C. This is going to be an A note. This is going to be. So you just basically have to f like listen to listen the note that you're that. hitting. And so um, I became, you know, like it's an instrument that I just fell in love with and I decided, okay, I want it. So I, I bought the parts and, and kit and put it together and made my own theremin. It sounds mm. like garbage. Um, but then I figured, you know, then, then they started making them where you could put them together yourself and mm -hmm. do a couple solder points and, and kind of make that. So I, uh, you know, did that and then actually incorporated it into two different bands that I had. And so what I used nice. to do is I put it on, I put it on the side of the stage to where nothing was around it. Because if you go near it, it was yeah. hooked up to an amp and they would It'll create, the, you know, and people are like, Whoa, what the heck? What happened? Yeah. So what I, what I would do is I'd pull it near me when I had a song that we were playing and I would use the headstock, the top part of the bass, mm -hmm. and I would use that to make the notes while I was playing the bass. So wow. there you go. That's the, that's the theremin. Dude. That is that is really cool. I love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> quick next quick question. What did you want to be when you were a child? When I was a child I wanted to be a football player. I uh, you know, I nice. I really I played I played a bunch of sports. I was into, you know, football, basketball, ran track, um, did all that baseball, did all that stuff. And of course, you know, when you're little, you, you know, you, you think you, you have aspirations to be the next, whatever, Barry Sanders or, or whatever, but then I'm all of five, nine and, you know, a buck 70. So it's not like, you, you know, I'm going to be, uh, you know, playing yeah. on Saturdays or Sundays anytime mm -hmm. soon. Okay. Got it. Got it. So maybe, <laughs> um, Maybe we have a way to do that. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Uh, you know, I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. And uh, those that are on the screen can, can probably see my my Star Wars plaque that's uh, the back plaque there for the there. soundtrack that I would, mm -hmm. that I had uh, worked when I was at Sony. But uh, yeah, so probably the favorite of my Star Wars of the Star Wars movies is Empire Strikes Back. But I, you know, I'm, I, I love the uh, the stuff that Disney's doing with the Mandalorian yeah. and. Um, just a kind of a fan of that, of that whole thing. My favorite comedy is Raising Arizona. Uh, if you remember okay. that with okay. uh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage um, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a really whacked out uh, a movie from the Coen brothers. Um, and Nicolas Cage is fantastic. And I believe that was late eighties, maybe probably late eighties. Yeah. I think it was late eighties. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, Nicolas Cage fan that I don't, I don't actively, you know, admit to but I'll, I'll watch a good well yeah i mean not not every one of his movies are great yeah um, yeah exactly yeah i think maybe even he'd tell you that you know <laughs> i'm not gonna speak for nicholas cage though no no he can, <laughs> he can do that on his own what movie yes, would you choose if you got to play a character in it and this is what i was saying hmm. maybe there's some football in there it's it, it would be hard for me to pass as a football player sure you know, it's kind of like, that's not really believable. So if I could be in a movie, God, I know, you know, I haven't really even thought of this. So I'm just going to say, yeah, H.I. McDonough, um, the character on Raising Arizona by Nicolas Cage. Nice. That'd be, like that'd that. be the character that I would, that be. would be. The character. Stealing, stealing diapers with pantyhose over my face <laughs> in a scene in Raising Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh How God, about that's that? That's, that's, that's very accurate. I mean, that's very graphic. <laughs> graphic. Not accurate. Graphically very, accurate. <laughs> graphically accurate. Um, who is your favorite superhero? That'd be Batman. 
I think just Batman was just always, I had the comics growing up and loved, mm -hmm. you know, that first uh, movie that came out. And, yeah. and so, yeah, and I just, I was just always been a Batman fan. Yeah. Although the, the movies, the movies, the DC movies just don't even compare right to the Marvel, the, uh, yeah. the Marvel ones, but they're, they're working. I mean, Wonder hard. Woman was, uh, the first Wonder Woman was awesome, but was, I think yeah. the, uh, most of the DC movies, uh, you know, just don't, don't compare to the Marvel ones, but yeah, Batman for sure. Batman for sure. Just cause I feel like, you know, he, his, his superpower, if you will, was like gadgets, right? It's, so it is gadgets, it, you know, literally. And that's what we're living in. Right. We've we got gadgets all around us. It's. It's pretty funny. Right. Man, maybe so, we are Batman. Yeah, I was going to say, I am Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Iron Man's yours? I, I am Groot, yes. Mine I, is Iron Man. Yeah. Excellent choice. Yes. Another gadget. Um, Another gadget, gadget junkie guy. right there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Wow, um, Candyland. Okay, I like to keep it. I like to keep it simple and fun. Keep it very simple. Keep it simple you're, you're and just, fun. You're you just know, having fun. My my uh, my acronym that I like to steal. I'll give credit to Craig Rochelle on this one, who does uh, Global Leadership Summit. Um, mm -hmm. And is uh, I stole this acronym from him, but I use it all the time. It's it's GETMO, and it stands for mm. Good Enough to Move On. So if you're a content creator, sometimes keeping it simple is the most effective way to move forward. Yeah, and that is why I choose Candyland as my as my board game because believe it or not, if you are if you hang around with little kids like Jeanette, I know you do. Like mm -hmm. Candyland is still fun. Still yet fun. Is yeah. such a simple simple game. I'm gonna have to check that one out because I don't think I've ever played that game before. Oh, dude, Candyland. It's a classic. Okay. We'll have to look at, look that one up. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Janae, thank you, man. It's been an honor. Yeah, dude. It's It, it was like uh, this hour went by really quickly. Did. <laughs> Where can my audience find you? Yeah, um, you can go to chrisstone.contact, chrisstone.contact. That'll Perfect. take you to all of my stuff. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and you can, you know, go follow Dealcasters on Amazon if you want to. You can even go to a Pinterest page or a TikTok or email me or leave me a voicemail. All that will go into it if you go to chrisstone.contact. And uh, I'd love to be able to connect with whomever uh, that is friends with Janaid because if you're friends with Janae Ahmed, you're friends with me. So yes. Janae, this has been an honor, uh, uh, completely and totally seriously. Um, it's it's always uh, great to share uh, time with you, uh, sharpening the irons. And I feel like I got a little bit better today because I was on your show, man. So I appreciate it. Chris, thank you so much. You are a gentleman and a scholar and a really good friend. And I, you know, I'll call you in a heartbeat if I run into any type of pr troubles, I mean, I feel like that's the kind of friend you are. Absolutely. And uh, thank you so much again for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on their website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.